And uh, one of the things we find out is that when we accept his invitation to talk with him, uh, we say that in all kinds of questions. Jesus does not do life the way most everybody else does life. That's the way we've been taught. That's the way we learn. And so probably asking questions as to why and how. It's reading about his life in the record of the gospel. And it isn't just teaching some of those questions. And, uh, well, let's just be honest. Being around other Christians who raise the question too. None of those negatives in the summer series. Like the first century, but now we are a lot like the first century. After reading, I'm going to 
and then two weeks ago, the first entry, the first group of 140 people had in the prayer meeting in the room in Jerusalem, the thousands, using all across the Roman Empire, declaring it the Lord. Fear people teasing us and mocking us. 
they want to grow more followers of Jesus by dying every day because they believe in Christ than at any time in history because we have a relatively safe, that's not mean that it's not going to be The bad news is, this time in history is more like the first century than any other we can have. The good news is, it's a Kind of reminds me of Charles Dickens, Dickens who wrote that the poetry series, the others were these lines. It was, the best of times, it was, the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of disbelief. It was the season of life. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of the spirit. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct ahead. And we were all going direct ahead. The period was like the press. I think that's the great description of our world. It's the best of times and the worst of times. Whether you're going to focus your attention. But all these changes in our world have brought us to and generated the question that we're going to talk about, think about today, and that is how we're affected by the 21st century. Jesus followers. In other words, most of us, as you tell by the number of us who raised our hands, most of us have grew up and we all the time of Ozzy and Harriet and even Jesus, that time of repentance, we're in the 21st century, God took us here. We all live in the 50s. I don't Okay, and we don't live in the 1950s either. We live in the early 21st century. So, how do we think as Jesus followers, 21st century Jesus followers? Well, the short answer is think like first century Jesus followers. Now, for everyone who wants to go home, that was not the full answer. The full answer is how did the first century followers of Jesus come to take a world very much like ours and like the world that we are living in now and experiencing even more and more. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Jesus followers in the Greek city of Philippi and revealed how they thought. His letter revealed three keys that the first century disciples were thinking. First of all, Paul told them to rejoice. He wrote to them from the cell of the Roman dungeon. He wasn't having a good time somewhere. But he wrote to them about joy, rejoicing, and all through this letter. That may be the only concern to find you need to spread the word about Jesus. Know the gospel. They need to know that Jesus is the Savior and the Savior who can change and transform their life. But Paul said, Emphasizing the need to keep growing in our relationship with Jesus. So we're going to jump into the letter this morning. We're going to jump into Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 16. It's kind of like, I call it like the third page of the letter. 
came to the resurrection from the dead. Yes, because by knowing Christ, knowing Jesus, it's not simply about knowing about him, but to know him personally. Paul talks about how that works out in our lives, how we can do that. We know Jesus first, so we live the way he lives. All we seek is to do and to say that our Heavenly Father wants us to You know, Jesus personally used what he carried the cross he carried, denying ourselves daily, praying his prayer, not my will, but your will. Knowing Jesus personally used what he shared the death of God, confessing, repenting, and rejecting everything that comes flying to his head with his blood. Two great commandments loving God with all that we are and loving our neighbors as ourselves. And everything else we're called to reject and bow to. Finally, we know Jesus personally means that we serve our lives to the Lord eternally. If we do not experience you right now, we'll face the heaven because He's with us and to know where He's with you. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal. In other words, I have all together, but now I realize I don't. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me, making every effort to make progress. He goes on to say, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider. I do not consider myself yet that I've taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forget Let go. Let go of your hurt, of your failure, of your successes. Of your glory days, of your plans, of your comfort and your security, let go of those things that the Holy Spirit sets to you are no longer part of your life or should no longer be a part of your life. It means the attitudes, your behavior that are inappropriate to a person following Jesus. Forget Leave it behind. Pray for what is ahead. Look forward at the next plan for you. To your next challenge, to your next step with Jesus, to your next baptized dream. You can't say, well, I've learned 25 years with Jesus. Now you just step back and look. Now I'm not a person. I do walk occasionally. Always, 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 always
you have one focus to experience Jesus in a way that helps others experience him too. You have one focus to experience Jesus, know Jesus in a way that helps others experience him more too. It is easy for us to lose focus and to look at all the things in life are all different. And how is God what you want to do? Like what you should do? Like your brother? We just know that. So he put us in We can take time to pray every day that the Holy Spirit will show us how to help others know Jesus. We live in a world and a culture where people no longer think they I think they normal, but that's not really expected to be a part of the church. I'll be there and leave to be engaged in that time. People come to work. If you weren't on the church, you probably had to go on the church. You always had to speak when you were one of those church people. Yeah, all right, it's always good for folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody feels like they even have to speak anymore. Because we're only in a day and age when it's not expected. It's not normal. How do I help somebody who doesn't think it's normal to go to church to realize that there is actually benefit to it? There's a benefit to knowing the following Jesus. One of the ways that we can do that too is to start as a seal of Bible reading plan to know Jesus better. And it is to be a simple plan. Built for uh, a, a kind of contact, so we were comfortable 
and you allow it to occur or some other time. But we need to follow his example. Lord, we're here. We get over it. We need to know why I'm not comfortable with this. It's different. I don't understand. I'm kind of scared. I really want to know about the Lord. Everything's going to happen between here and there. Thank you. 